0: Okay. Today I'm speaking with Jens from Gestalt Robotics. We actually met during a startup night here in Berlin, uh, and we spoke about startup a couple of episodes ago. But I was interested in speaking further with Jens because uh, him and his colleague proudly mentioned that they program robots, um, and I was interested in finding out exactly what that meant. <laughs> so. Jens um welcome and tell us a little about tell us a little bit about what you do in Gestalt
1: Yeah hi hi Chris thanks for um having me here um yeah i'm Working with robots since over 10 years now. So I started with classic industrial robots and uh, during my studies of mechanical engineering, I uh, did programming for industrial robots and um, simulation for industrial robots. So um, industrial robots are existing since the early 80s and um, and most people doesn't recognize and doesn't know that there are robots working in the factories since uh, since decades and um, but they are doing already a lot in uh, in factories for um, automation and so these robots mostly do repetitive tasks so tasks that are um, the same all um, all and all um, over again and uh, they the robots can do it 24-7, for example. Mm-hmm. And typically, they are doing stuff that the humans uh, don't want to do because it's uh, very... Um, it's always the same. It's, um, it's boring uh, boring work. Um, maybe some industrial robots are also doing work in a dangerous environment. So, these are good um, tasks for industrial robots. And... Um, Yes. Now, last year I founded this this company after working for um, big German companies, after working for the university and doing my uh, PhD because we had a lot of experience in um, programming robots and um, also um, combining computer vision to robots to give them a little bit more intelligence than uh, they typically have. Um, right now and um, so to be specific if you're um, asking uh, for programming of robots so mm. uh, this always means that you have to if you're programming the robot you you have demands mm-hmm. typically from from a customer a customer you want to optimize um, services or production tasks and so during the programming or via the programming you're telling the robot what to do hmm and um so this is uh mainly uh an coding issue mm-hmm. and um so but there's a huge difference for example between industrial robots and um service robots
2: mm-hmm.
1: regarding the coding and regarding programming languages and um and so on and also regarding um, the abilities uh, the robots have. Mm-hmm. So, Because in general, the main uh, capability of robots is their movement. So a big uh, part of programming robots is telling the robots how to move and where to move. Okay. So the industrial arms, for example, you can imagine that you're programming these trajectories in space, you're programming um, poses, poses are um, important in robotics, poses are positions and orientations. So mm-hmm. you're defining positions and orientations in space, um, telling the robots where to go, and um, there are kind of methods how, how you can tell the robots um, where to go. In industry, for example, it's, it's mainly remote control, so you're driving the robot with this uh, tool to the desired positions, and then you click on Save, and um, so the robot controller is saving these positions, and afterwards you can write a program in the uh, robot programming language and... Um, You can use these positions and tell the robot, okay, first do this, then go to this position, then close the gripper, for example. And so this is a typical uh, procedure of programming um, industrial robots. And um, maybe um, what is interesting regarding industrial robots is uh, that every robot manufacturer has this own programming language so okay. we are really struggling <laughs> with, with this and every robot manufacturer in industry has its own interfaces and so on and if you do fancy stuff with robots programming them with external uh, brain power for example external reasoning coming from computer vision um, you always have to mess with um these manufacturer-specific interfaces. And, um, yeah, that's a big mess in in industrial uh, robotics that uh, that we have. So if you're writing code for, for example, a robot from the manufacturer KUKA, you cannot use it um, uh, with copy and paste for an AQB <laughs> e- robot, for example. <laughs> so. uh, but
0: are there, are there at least um, common languages? Is it often... C or Python or Java or all of those?
1: <laughs> I, I, I wish it would be like this, but uh, for the industrial robots, it's mostly they the robot manufacturers define their own programming languages. Oh, really? For, wow. Yeah. Okay. Really. <laughs> so They are similar to um, high-level programming languages like uh, C or sometimes uh, Java. Hmm. But... They always have their own syntax, and um, yeah. So this is uh, this is a thing you always have to uh, deal with in industrial robotics, and it's not so programmer friendly.
2: No, uh, okay.
1: I think there were motivations in, in the nineties to to get a standard here, uh, to have common interfaces um, for all industrial robots and common uh, programming languages for all industrial robots. And there have been standards um, and ISO norms, for example, mm. but um, the manufacturers just um, ignored these norms and <laughs> told, um, the programmers here use our programming languages there. They are better. And um, this was just, uh, I think it was because of proprietary product
2: policy. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, but you, you can consider some trends also in industrial robots um, that some manufacturers are offering, for example, education platforms mm. where they are open for, um, for programming languages like um, C, for example. Yeah. And um, yeah. also Java and very popular in robotics in general is uh, Python. Okay, and yeah. I became a big fan of Python during the last years because um, you can do coding and um, just writing a little script for, for robots, for example. If you're just testing uh, something, you can write it so easily and uh, within minutes. And um, it's, not, um, it's not the best uh, choice for real-time tasks, for example, mm-hmm. Python other scripting languages in uh, robotics, so he would use C or C++ there, which is more uh, more hardware uh, near programming, but for programming procedures for robots, for example, to first go here, then look, um, look there. Um, if you find an object, um, A, okay it and uh, bring it to me, these kind of procedures could be described very easily and very um, very fast with our uh, script languages uh, mm. like, um, like Python. And so you, you see this trend in industry that also maybe in the future the big industry uh, manufacturers of robots are adapting trends like open source and so on, but I think industrial robots are mainly based in um, the domain of mechanical engineering.
0: Okay, um, yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. uh, This whole domain is quite conservative, especially in Germany. So um, there must happen a complete uh, disaster until they are um, (laughs) changing their policies. (laughs) But we're we're, we're going step by step here.
0: (laughs) So actually, so moving... I mean, so your background is industrial robots. But if I look through your your, your web page, which is full of quite entertaining photos and videos, um, there's a lot of more service robots. And when, when yes. we met you, you had service robots. You had, I think, a yeah, Sandbot. And I can't remember if you had a Pepper, but Peppers pop up everywhere. Yeah. Um, so... I'm guessing then from what you're saying that these you program differently. These are more user-friendly for developers or not yet. Yeah, they are. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Okay.
1: So I think I'm now also dealing with uh, service robots since um, about uh, two years now. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And we started developing with the Pepper robot and this is – also why we started as a company because mm-hmm. we had uh, potential uh, contract work here for doing showcases with um, these new service mm-hmm. robot platforms um, so in comparison to the industrial robots um, they're uh, cheaper mm-hmm. and they are mobile. So they have a mobile platform and they can move, and they also have other features like um, speech recognition, speech output, and uh, typically they also have cameras included, and um, typically they also have a display. And um, so, and the programming here is completely different. Um, It's, um, let's say it's made easy for the programmer. So, Mm. uh, because uh, most of these robots, you can just program it um, like Android devices. And actually, they are extended Android um, devices. And so, that's very um, friendly, for example, to to find programmers. Because um, I think the community of Android programmers is quite quite huge worldwide. I think you will find Android programmers in um, in every uh, nearly every city around mm. the world. And um, then back uh, to industrial robots, that is very specific. If you are looking for a programmer for Kuka robots, um, for example, um, so. You, you you won't uh, find so much programmer specialized to, to Kuka programming language, um, and um, even their um, their salaries are quite high. <laughs> so with with the service robots, uh, the great thing here is um, that the approach for programming is completely different. You can program these uh, service robots in most cases. Um, with um, Android and um, the programming languages here, mainly Java mm. and so it's very friendly to um, to also get new programmers to, to robot programming because um, there are um, especially also in uh, Berlin a lot of uh, programmers for Android mm. and what comes here in addition is um, that you have um, additional functions for Controlling um, the sensors and actuators of the robots. It's like um, that you are writing an Android app, and um, so you can also write the front end. It will be shown on um, on the tablet uh, that is implemented yeah, in yeah. Uh, the robot. And then Uh, You're just using these additional functions to um, control the motors, for example, for the robot, for this mobile platform, to move it. You can use additional functions to do the text inputs, the text um, output via um, via speech. Mm. And... um, these, is, uh, these are some the, the basic functions the robot hardware that we have uh, right now brings. If you, for example, buy these kind of systems, mm-hmm. and um, then all the intelligence that the robots should bring or that um, people expect from these robots, all of um, the intelligent uh, intelligence comes on top. And for mm-hmm. um, so example. That's um, where we started. Um, that's our main business. That we are taking these existing service robotic systems, um, coming with sensors, actuators, and um, Java Java API for programming. And then uh, we have the demands of our customers. For example, um, we started with uh, with a Pepper robot and had customers with demands like. Um oh we have a talk of um our CEO um here in this, in this um event and uh we want to have a discussion uh with our CEO and the robot on stage about um about the future of work for your for example that was one yeah. Uh, yeah. use case we did and um so what we got was for example here a scripted dialogue um for um, CEO and, and, and robot, and then um, on these robots, you also have um, additional tools to to set up dialogues, um, to script, for example, words, sentences, uh, and then use them as a trigger for, for, an, yeah. uh, for an answer. Of,
0: um, and, in fact, there was one uh, I saw this morning, Sophia, at the UN yesterday. <laughs>
1: oh, okay. <laughs> so- So there was a robot. She Uh, told the
0: UN, I'm here to help humanity create the future. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) And it was one of the more realistic looking ones, which are always a little bit disturbing. But um, I mean, actually, but it's interesting that you say this because it sounds like, still, especially with the service robots, I suppose, which are at the. in in quote marks the the cheaper end of robots because they're not probably still that cheap but it still sounds like they very have to they have to be very specifically programmed for each use case it's not like you can just send one out and it learns as it goes and you really have to know the sort of 10 use cases it's going to be used for in each location and make sure it covers those and if Someone asks something it doesn't recognize, then it's stuck, pretty much.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, so these, these kinds of robots are not bringing, typically right now, are not bringing intelligence out of the box. If yeah. It, yeah. They are just hardware and... Um, the, what you're finally doing with it, and uh, what uh, what the robots are are finally able to do, this uh, depends uh, very strongly on the capabilities of the programmer <laughs> and what you, what you what you can do with uh, with the sensors and and the actuators, and. I think in the end, the robot is um, as intelligent, maybe, um, as a programmer. So, um, (laughs) and then, yeah, um, uh, so our policy, for example, or our uh, approach to this is that we are working on modules, Um. and... um, to have modules, for example, to visual perception, um, this is also one uh, one strong part of expertise um, that we have, uh, mm. that we have some computer vision experts uh, here, and uh, they are working with the 2D and with the 3D images from the robots, and they are analyzing it with um, machine learning algorithms, for example. And so the, the first motivation that we have here is um, to... Uh, let the robots understand what is in their environment. So, mm-hmm. um, because if you if you uh, so that's just the first step in this whole intelligence uh, thing about the robots. If the robots don't understand what they see and where uh, where they are, what uh, what should you do with the robots? Mm-hmm. So. Um, You can do speech input and output, and it wouldn't be um, anything else than Amazon Alexa or Google Home, what you have there right now. And um, so without any intelligence, um, these service robots are, I think, nothing else than... um, Little bit animated uh, Android tablets, and so this <laughs> couldn't this couldn't be what uh, what you what you expect, and that isn't what most people expect, and. For, for these kind of applications uh, also the service uh, robots are still too um, too expensive so nobody yeah. would buy um, a service robot for 20,000 euros for example to, to just uh, use a tablet and um, make the arms move or something like this um, but by the way for uh, for some <laughs> cases uh, cases and uh, fairs and maybe shops for promotion, uh, it's it's it it's uh, it works oh. yeah. <laughs> yeah um and to be honest that is uh, right now uh, this is a use case how service robots are are mostly used so yeah. um yeah. they uh, just put it somewhere in shops or on fairs on um on to the booth to some companies and the robots are moving saying something and uh, looking nice, and um, so they are uh, gathering um, the attention of um, the, the people there, and they're doing promotion for, yeah, uh, for, for sure. their products. Yeah. But their uh, their potential—what uh, what you can do in 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 theory, uh, in theory, with these kind of systems—so you can do so much more um, more things, but you have to uh bring your skills um to achieve these kind of intelligence. Mm-hmm. And um, so we are just starting with some some basic things um, like um object recognition um and we're using for example here a lot of deep learning which made um real enhancements during the last years. Um, so Right now, uh, we are able to recognize uh, for our robots that uh, we have here um, a set of more than 80 objects, for example. Mm -hmm. Um, And we we can uh, implement these algorithms to our robot and let the robot recognize these um, set of objects. We We can can also train uh, new objects. And so these are the very basics to uh, let the robot recognize objects. Uh, next steps are for example, to create something like um, a mind for the robots. Mm. So uh, in literature this is uh, um, this is named as um, temporal spatial minds. this is what uh, what we humans have that we can uh, remember things uh, and especially things that we saw um so we remember objects that um that we are uh, that we saw for example and we have an idea when we saw these mm, kind of mm, objects mm. and um so This means for the programming of the object, uh, for the robots, um, that we have to um, build these algorithms to um, detect uh, robots, so to detect objects. Um, So we're using here a lot of deep learning. The next step, we um, have to build algorithms that we that we recognize objects, um, and for example, also people that uh, that we have seen before. So, um, for example, that the robot can um, also um, see differences between people, see differences uh, between objects, and um, and so on. And um, mm-hmm. so. And then we we can combine it, uh, for example, with uh, with other features of these service robots. For example, for the navigation, that's another module, another topic. And, uh, typically, in service robotics, um, so you're building your two D maps of the environment. Mm-hmm. So this is like um, that um, if you are. Um, uh, using the robot in the first place in a uh, in a new environment, for example, the robot goes and um, explores the environment, and it's creating a map of uh, its environment. Um, mm-hmm. In most cases, based on on laser scanners, so he's driving around and he's recognizing, okay, there's um, there's an obstacle, um, there's some free space, and then then you have a map. And um, you as a human, you can also um, have a look on this map and uh, you can understand it. Um, so typically in this map, this is nothing else than, than an image and you have obstacles in different colors in free space, for example. Mm-hmm. And um, so regarding the navigation of these kind of robots, so um, the initial way to, to interact with, uh, with these service robots and um, for the navigation, the task is tell the robot where to, uh, where to go. Um, you would have this map, and you would click on specific points of um, of the map, of these two uh, D map.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And um, so, what we are doing uh, right now is that we are bringing together these uh, navigation modules with these uh, modules. Uh, regarding object uh, recognition and also object instance uh, recognition, because um, I think for for the end user, I I do not think that it's uh, appropriate to to let them click on on points on on the map to tell the robot where to go. That's not yeah. not a kind of natural uh, communication with the robot. So. Um, Basically what do we want for uh, communication of robots I think the best case for humans is would be if we can communicate with robots like we do it like uh, with, with other humans mm-hmm. So I think and that's a, that's the overall um objective in human robot communication to make it very natural and um so coming back to to navigation here um, is what would you do with with a human colleague um, if if you want to give him a task like uh, bring me a cup uh, from from the kitchen? He, you you want to say you would say it to uh, to your colleague and mm. your colleague would um, understand because um, he's ident- identifying words he he knows. He's identifying the word "kitchen," for example, in um, in the first step, and he knows where the kitchen is on mm. um, on the map. But, but you're not, uh, not uh, you're not telling him, for example, in this case, where uh, where's the kitchen? Um, you, you don't you don't need to because uh, he knows. And um, even maybe if he've, uh, if he has never been. Inside of um, of the kitchen, he would recognize um, the kitchen if he if he sees it because they are specific objects, and um, then he can say, okay, there, there, these and these objects, Um, it must be a kitchen, here. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We we want to close this uh, this gap now in uh, in robotics. So this is something we we are calling semantic navigation. Mm. because we, we don't want to do um, the old way in navigation to have a 2D map uh, and let the uh, user click on these um, maps to tell the robot uh, where to go. We want to tell the robot uh, where to go via, via speech, via just uh, natural speech, uh, telling him um, go to the kitchen, uh, for example. The robot knows where the kitchen is, but... Um, based on um, also the objects uh, there that you recognize uh, so, so like a, like a human if you're recognizing um, for example then you're recognizing a fridge and um, some other uh, objects from the kitchen uh, so the robot no- knows um, this is the kitchen and can bring these kind of, um, of informations uh, together. And um what also comes with this is uh, that the robot uh, not only recognize objects, he's also putting these kind of objects in in a spatial uh, context, so he's combining the map mm. where he knows where where he is um, where he is, and also he knows now where the object is so. Mm. We are um, throwing these objects to to the map and um, creating um, a map which is um, enhanced by uh, by objects, and then we uh, we can use it for for the navigation and tell them, okay, go to the kitchen, go to a specific object, um, and uh, then the robot knows where it is and um, and where to go, and this is something. Where we are working on uh, right now, these kind of uh, what we are calling semantic navigation.
0: So, for anyone interested in um, getting like programming a robot, could you recommend a sort of is there a Hello World alternative for programming a robot? How does someone get started? Is there a an affordable model you recommend, or yeah? how would anyone get started programming any kind of robot that might be interested?
1: Uh, That's a, that's a good question. I I think for, uh, for the early stage to get an idea what robot programming um, is about. So uh, mainly it's about to, uh, to work with, uh, with sensors and, and Mm, mm. actuate to get a, First, first, insights here. I, I think these uh, these kids for example, from uh, from Lego, um, mm-hmm. for example, Lego Mindstorms, uh, they are a very good um, introduction to um, these topics, and you um, you can see awesome uh, projects um, on um, on YouTube, for example, where where people builded awesome stuff, awesome robots, awesome automation um, lines with, um, with LEGO, uh, Lego Mindstorms. And um, so I think it's, it's pr- pretty much um, the, the same like uh, pro- programming other robots. So you have this same principle over, um, over and over again for the real service robots and uh, industrial robots. Um, of course, you may have other kind of sensors and uh, other kind of actuators, but to to get a uh, first idea what what robot programming is about, I think these uh, Lego Mindstorms is um, mm. is mm, it's awesome, and they are also from from other um, vendors. There um, is
0: quite a lot, yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah. there's quite a lot. Uh, for example, there's a Company um, um, it's called Tinkerbots from mm-hmm. Bernau near Berlin. They are building uh, toy robots uh, based on um, Arduino microcontroller controllers. Uh, yeah. control, yeah. For example, they are combining it uh, with um, very fancy interfaces, um, also on, on on smartphones and very easy interfaces for uh, programming the, the Arduino. So this is um, this is great stuff and. If you're a little bit more sophisticated and um, you may have real uh, programming expertise, um, especially um, in in Python and C++, you may have a look on um, a great robotic framework uh, that is called uh, ROS. ROS stands for um, Robot um, Operation um, System. So... ROS is um, or is becoming a kind of standard in service um, robotics, and uh, ROS is um, ROS is, is a lot. ROS is or brings um, communication middleware for uh, robots. It's bringing tools for simulation of robots. It's bringing uh, huge software frameworks for. Um, for robot control functions, for computer vision, um, and everything. So, um, basically, you, you can lose yourself in, uh, in, in the ROS framework, but um, there are also very um, easy samples um, in, in the net where uh, you can just use simulation and uh, use all the open-source features. Okay. So, uh, ROS is open-source, so it's... Um, you can use these uh, simu- awesome simulation tools there, and um, just get your models of. Um, you can get models of a lot of service uh, robots there, and um, you can just start with with first steps. There are great tutorials, and try to um, to control these um, simulated uh, service mm-hmm. robots, and um, then you're uh, getting an idea. You're writing your first um remote control for the simulated service robots and um um y- you can also do that within um i think a couple of hours so you don't need mm. to uh, read documentation of uh, of ROS, um even if it's so um so huge um for um some for some very easy Uh, Tutorials. Um, You can do these tutorials uh, within some um, some hours, Mm -hmm. and um, yeah, then you can go uh, go further with uh, with ROS if uh, if you like it and if you like robot programming. You can uh, go step by step Uh, first. ROS has a great uh, community. It uh, was driven um, during the last years mainly from academia, but uh, right now they are also. Many um, ma- many people from from companies like like our companies in the community, and um, also some people that are doing uh, robot programming, for mm. example, for their hobby. Mm-hmm. You can even uh, use uh, the ROS framework if you're building your own robots, for example. Mm. Uh, yeah.
2: Okay.
1: So and this will be my recommendation okay. here. Excellent, uh,
0: excellent. And finally, so I've. Again, looking through your, your web page, you've been at lots of events. You've actually been at several events I was at, and I only noticed you at one. So that's bad of me. But anyway, um, what's what's next for Gestalt and, and for the company? What's your plans for the next six months?
1: Uh, we will... Continue joining um, events. Mm-hmm. Um, we will be, for example, here in Berlin on the TechCrunch Disrupt event in December. And so, what else? Well, we are going to participate on um, a hackathon of um, Prop down Gamble for mm-hmm. robotics and automation. Um, and um I think in, in the next year you will see us on the Automatica Fair in um in Munich, which mm-hmm. is uh, um the biggest fair uh, regarding automation technology I think in Germany and um I don't know if it's worldwide. Uh um, and, of course, um, next month we are participating in uh, a conference also here in Berlin. It's called Deep Berlin. Mm-hmm. And um, it's organized by the company Hella Aglier to getting companies um, and the community together which is dealing with uh, deep learning and to okay. get an exchange here. And we are also... Um, we are going to present our semantic navigation approach uh, there on this con- uh, conference.
0: Excellent. Okay. And uh, how can people stay in touch with what you're up to? Uh, I think it's gestelt-robotics.com?
1: Yeah. Yes, yeah. Um, it is. Um, you will also find us uh, with Google and we are uh, doing a lot um, in social media. We have a YouTube channel. Mm. We are with lots Twitter. of entertaining videos. It's, yes, <laughs> <it's just laughs> that's true. And you can also follow us on on Twitter. So we have also a lot of um, snippet videos, for example, from uh, some development tasks That um, just short videos that we are not publishing on. Uh, on YouTube, for example, so it's uh, worth to visit us on Twitter, and we are um, also on uh, Facebook, and um, um, we are planning to also start an um, Instagram um, account. Um,
0: <laughs> I think I think I, I like your approach because a lot of people are still a bit disturbed by robots, and making them seem slightly fun and funny is is a good. Approach, maybe. <laughs>
1: and uh, we, we have to do promotions. that yeah, um, yeah. So, uh, robots are not uh, meant to... Um, they are meant to uh, support the humans. Exactly,
0: not to, yeah. Yeah, yep, yep, exactly.
1: Uh, exactly. For
0: example,
1: the full automation approach with replacing of all humans, that is... Um, that is uh, like 90s of the last century. Um, so huh. no real roboticist would, uh, would tell you, okay, we're using robots for, for okay. everything and replace humans. So this is a little bit outdated. Huh. We're, we're uh, using this technology to support humans as best as the technology can and um, always in, company, uh, in combination with, uh, with skills and abilities of, of the humans to make a, a perfect team here okay it's
0: actually that's uh, an interesting point to end on um my wife and I are actually doing um a uh, um, an event tonight for one of the sites that we write for about this very topic and we're both we're supposed to take different sides of the argument but we kind of agree but <laughs> it's for fun you know <laughs> it's, and it's it's that sort of aspect but I like the way you said that that's an old way of thinking and let's hope that that is the case moving forward. Um, I think there's a lot of potential for robots and automation and AI to help us. And let's just hope that everyone sticks to that. (laughs) Uh, I I think so. I'm, I'm convinced.